Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Shine Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Starr. We talk business, marketing, but we also talk a lot of personal development, which I have found actually helps my business as well. Today is a solo episode, and it's going to be a very personal one for me, and it's been on my heart, and I am now ready to share. So let's dive in to our stories and how they shape us and how we can rewrite them. Our stories shape us, can redirect us, affect how we react and think, and oftentimes leaves us stagnant when we live in those past stories. One incredible thing about our brains is that we actually have the ability to rewire and rewrite our stories in a way that we can then create what works for us and what no longer serves us in our life. And it is never too late to heal and start rewriting those stories. I read an incredible book right after some conversations surrounding healing and forgiveness and boundaries and moving past hurt. So it came at this like divinely perfect timing to crash into one another and overlap. And it's really helped me become clear on how I can hopefully help you today to become part of that boundary and healing process. So for me personally, I've done a lot of inner work starting with recognizing the issues and I was seeking counselors and mentors, being curious about my reactions and thoughts that come from them and then why, and allowing to sit in those feelings and then ultimately taking action to allow to see myself more clearly and changing the story as one that shaped me for a while but not allowing to continue to shape who I am and how I react. I really wanted to address this topic today of the stories that shape us and what forgiveness might look like outside of a healthy relationship because so often the person setting boundaries can look like the bad guy, the cold-hearted one, or the one who's not forgiving when in reality it sets up healthy boundaries in a way to not relive that story and live in it, not encouraging or allowing toxic behavior. And you can also forgive while also rewriting the future story so we don't stay stuck. I feel like there's so many things that I could start with, but first I wanna say I fully believe in forgiving. Even when I don't receive an apology, when there's not confrontation or action from the other side or even acknowledgement of said behavior. Of course, the ideal situation is the healthy ones where that behavior is acknowledged and talked about and hopefully a change of heart or recognizing what hurt was happening and even asking for an apology. But that's not always the case and definitely not the case in most toxic relationships. Like I said, I fully believe in forgiveness and it is for the person forgiving and not for the person being forgiven. It releases us from that burden of further hurt and allows us to start healing so the person that is in need to be forgiven doesn't have a stronghold on us anymore and we can eventually move forward and no longer take on the victim mentality from that accuser. However, in my personal experience with this, I have seen said person who has hurt so many people in the years, not just being forgiven, but then the people who were hurt allowing them back in their life without ever acknowledging the hurt, the circumstance, wounds, having an apology, or moving forward with intention of doing better. This is something that has popped up time and time again, and it almost always fires me up when I see others in the same predicament. In my personal family, seeing them allowing this behavior by continued to attaching this quote, I'm being a good Christian and forgiving them to it. And yes, forgiveness is absolutely the correct thing to do, by condoning a behavior, by not addressing a toxic character, 
is also a form of toxicity. So I'm going to dig into my personal experience just as a little way to drive this point home in an example form. But I understand that this reason that you are setting boundaries could look vastly different between you and the person possibly in your family. All right. So here comes a little bit from my heart here. My biological dad has hurt a lot of people in some very extensive ways for quite a few years. He even hasn't spoken to most of his kids. And for me personally, it's been about seven years. When these incidents started coming out years ago and I started seeking counselors, I got diagnosed quickly with depression and anxiety as I tried to take on the healer and trying to heal his hurts rather than approaching and acknowledging mine. However, after a couple years of that, I saw how much his toxic behavior was affecting me and I took an arm's length approach at that time. After I got married, it furthered, especially when my now ex-husband expressed that each time I'd get off the phone with him, he noticed how hurt and wounded and how I would cry and feel horrible about myself. So I started distancing myself slightly, but still always open until he continued to create those scenarios and hurt more people continually and also never take responsibility, ask for forgiveness, acknowledgement on any issues in the relationships around him. I've seen several mentors, counselors, read endless self-help books and realized that generational curses and issues are huge. And for me and my mental health, I have to stay on top of these healthy habits and create an environment that is healthy for me. So those who aren't in the family or don't know all of the details, I know it seems vague, but there's really just far too much at this point to explain everything and I don't feel like it's my right to tell his story but I'll skip to my heart fully forgiving him that he has no stronghold I don't care his opinion on my life because I've built it without him and it's not for him I can look back fully for the life I did have growing up with him and I appreciate the lessons vacations time and family that I was surrounded with and the life that he helped me as well I'm thankful for that life I had, but now as an adult, I am choosing forgiveness, but also here's one of the important parts, not allowing his toxic behavior. So often, especially in Christian homes, we are pounded with this information about forgiveness, especially family and even more so, especially parents, because we have to respect them. I absolutely have forgiven the things he's done to me. And don't even have anger towards him anymore, and I wish him the best. But allowing him not to confront his past actions, wounds, words, and behaviors while he still continues to do them and not try to better it, and all while trying to continue a relationship with him? No. Doing this is telling him that what he did isn't just forgiven, but the ones he hurt and won't acknowledge are in the wrong. That's what it would be doing if I continued a relationship with him. In short, It's condoning the continual behavior that is toxic and allowing him not to confront all of the things that he did and not take responsibility. I don't crave shallow relationships with people, especially in my family. I want to have those deep conversations and I refuse to allow someone in my life with a deep relationship who one, doesn't want to be there, but also two, if they continue to wound, hurt, and are toxic to the entire family, I'm not going to seek a deep relationship with them, not because of my lack of forgiveness, but because it shallows the wounds of the family members that are dealing with hurt. And to me, it's completely dismissive of the people he has wronged in a big way. So although there's no sides being taken, it's 
to me, taking a side of condoning his behavior by allowing it to continue and not be confronted. I know for me, if it was me who was continually hurting somebody, I would expect my family members to confront me and not condone this behavior in some way, shape, or form. Depending on what I was doing, they should absolutely confront me and have me acknowledge what was hurting them as a whole. And I can see the hurt around my family of those who still desire and crave a meaningful relationship with somebody who continues to hurt them and where he has not been accountable in one way, where he's taken no account of his actions and where he won't even acknowledge the toxic behavior. So before I move on, I do want to say a few things because I know that I'm extremely privileged in many ways. And here's a few. These are what I'm thankful for. One, I did have a dad growing up. And at the time, I was blinded to any of that toxic behavior and generational curses that I now have endured. But at the time, I was so blinded to it, and I just had this lovely, happy family, at least in my head. Two, when he left in my life in a big way, I was stable in who I was and where I was going. So I'm thankful that it came as an adult. Three, my stepdad is an incredible father figure and one I can rely on in any situation. He's someone I can tell the good and bad to, my mess-ups, my falling down, and my rising. Number four is that I did seeking out all of the mentors and counselors throughout the years that they diagnosed me and allowing my space, and now I'm able to continue a healthy mindset. But it's one that I work on every day. Five, I'm thankful I have no anger towards him. If he reached out to me at any time, I'd be kind. But for the sake of not only myself, but but my entire family, I will not seek out a relationship with somebody who is so hurtful in so many ways. And six, I have a few good men in my life that treat me so well and are always there. And I'm so thankful for them. And you know who you are. And I want to say this because this isn't a pity party by any means. I'm completely aware and acknowledge that I was privileged to have a safe family dynamic growing up and one that I felt loved in. But like most people, it wasn't perfect. Although to touch on how great my mom is, she's pretty close to perfect. (laughs) I was getting fired up when other family members were seeking my biological dad out in the name of being a Christian instead of forgiving and showing grace but then creating boundaries that are healthy and expose the toxic issues that were then turned into these generational curses. Healing with somebody is always what feels better. We want to heal with somebody and feel like we're heard when the person who has hurt you can apologize and they want to be in your life. And that's what we all want. But oftentimes, this is not what we're going to receive. We won't get the validation that we seek. And so healing apart is going to look so different than healing with someone. When we are healing apart from somebody, but still want their validation and them in our lives at the same capacity, it's protecting a dysfunctional system. And I'm not staying silent and complacent to be a part of this healthy, this unhealthy system. But if you admit how dysfunctional it is and you have to confront some big issues and take accountability of the hurts that are no longer that I blame him for, I no longer have any complaints of the issues tied to him. My issues that I had from those experiences are now just mine. I take responsibility, but even subconsciously, protecting the dysfunctional system is by allowing it to continue. That's protecting the person who is actually causing the problem. And again, I think back to deeply in my Christian roots. I think about the action that I took personally to forgive, give chances, show grace, allow him back in, and try to create peace, but... There has been so many hurts that continue and have continued and continued that I can forgive from afar. 
Always know the truth in my faith and be kind, but unsupportive of dysfunctional relationships that end in toxic situations. Now, I will say this. I also fully believe that people can change. They so can change. And this is actually one reason why I'm talking to you, because we can change the stories we tell ourselves and become more fully who we're meant to be and who maybe we were before the hurt. So I am not blaming and saying that these family members cannot change and you should shut them out forever. But it's not condoning a behavior that's not being acknowledged. And instead, it's changing your story so that you can heal. This for me is a very personal subject and I know there's going to be a lot of opinions about it, but I wanted to touch on those boundaries we create and how often the person creating the boundaries is often seen as the problem instead of addressing what the problem and toxic traits are. And when we ignore it, we're allowing it. When we allow it from that person, we allow them to continue to hurt us and others. And we allow those generational issues to continue instead of creating boundaries and putting a stop to the toxic traits and focusing then on creating health in our own family. Those things carry into our relationships absolutely with our spouse, ourselves, our self-esteem. It carries into the kids that we bring up and then continues all around us if we continue to condone that toxic behavior. And I've said this before, not everyone agrees, but I actually don't believe in unconditional love as humans. Now, I think that there's some exceptions. I think mothers have the ability to love unconditionally to their children. However, I believe in most cases that conditions need to be set. Just like, let's say you get married, there needs to be conditions in order for them to have boundaries and create respect and love around. You wouldn't allow certain behaviors, but for some reason we see it as, quote, godly when we allow behaviors to hurt us affect us and move through us to next generations, all in the name of forgiveness. I cannot reiterate this enough that forgiveness does not mean allowing behavior. Forgiveness means to let go of the hurt and anger over time so that the person doesn't have a stronghold on you and you're no longer a victim under them. So you can rewrite the story surrounding how you think and move independently from the situation. Allowing someone back in your life at the same capacity in which they hurt you seems honestly extremely foolish to me. And the best thing I can do is love hard, love God, but also live a life I'm called to, not concerning myself with someone who not only doesn't care about being in my life, but has hurt me in the past and so many of my family members. And again, the important part continues to do so. It wasn't one hurt at one time. It's continual. I'm always an open door. I'll allow for conversations and even more so if those were greeted an acknowledgement of poor behavior. But without changed behavior in some way, the capacity to which he used to be in my life cannot take place. It feels so much like disrespecting the people who have continued to be hurt. Part of conditional love for me is boundaries. I'm perfectly okay with being seen as the one who's cold, even though I feel like I'm being the one who is warm because of my boundaries. It is healthy to have boundaries in relationships. I have forgiven. I don't need his validation. I'm always open to conversation, but I am never allowing those toxic behaviors to continue to be on the forefront. I have noticed what that does in my own relationships by allowing those to affect me. So I had to start letting go of those years ago. My hope is that if you're feeling alone in creating boundaries and potentially even seen as the bad guy in your family because you aren't seeking a deep relationship with a family member, 
I hope you don't feel alone. The best thing you can do is forgive, absolutely, but there's an even bigger step and steps afterward, which is disassembling the generational hurts, wounds, and healing so you don't carry those burdens and emotions. You can feel and know that you are free from needing validation from a source that simply won't give it to you the way that you have desired. That's when you know you're in a healthy place, and that is peace-giving and joy-receiving. And healing is never a linear process. I see and feel things that have been in my family for years, but with my faith and also the help of staying on top of my mental health, I am aware and can course correct in those moments. And forgiveness also is a practice. It's the thing that will allow you to move on, take responsibility, and starting to create boundaries because they don't have a stronghold on your heart. It's the first step, but it's not the last. It's a continual practice to then work on ourselves to take responsibility for our next actions and allow us to create healthy boundaries. Boundaries aren't something I create with people who, you know, accidentally hurt you, a significant other that hurts your feelings that day. And then later they asked for forgiveness. This is not where you set a new boundary because somebody accidentally hurts you in a very shallow way. What I am talking about is the continual hurt and those boundaries then need to be set. It's not a way to hold something over someone's head, to have the power or create tension and grudges. Boundaries are what you should create, but they should look more strict with people who refuse to get better and acknowledge they're part of the toxic environment. It's saving you from continual hurt. It's not pushing someone away. And it's not doing so just for attention. It's truly out of practicing for yourself a healthy mindset and future. So before I move on from this, talking about hurting people, if you are the one who has been toxic in your family, I know that this is a completely different subject and a completely different way to look at things. And so I will touch on that in another episode, but just know that asking for forgiveness and confronting that, even though it's difficult, is the best step one that you could do. So Whether you are on the hurting side or the hurt people side, it can be such an intense and scary practice to start and painful and lonely as we confront our own beliefs and behaviors from stories we experienced, but also the ones we tell from what we've experienced. And it's important to remember to give permission to allow those hard feelings and understand why they still affect us. It's not saying, oh, that's hurt, I'm fine. No, it's allowing yourself to sit in those feelings and it's okay to be angry, hurt, sad while you dig through those emotions. So this book that I actually stumbled upon made it so clear of some of the steps to take to make that happen because healing is such a hard topic to really get into the details of what that looks like and how to accomplish it or at least how to practice it. So kind of tying that back to your stories and how we can rewrite them as forgiveness is a part of that. The book, Already Enough, had such a clear way of explaining, and I'm going to take what she said and, and say a way to rewrite is a few things. And that's being mindful, which is being aware of the stories we carry, being curious of why the story is there and then digging deeper, having self-compassion, which is allowing grace in the midst of challenge, accepting the hard feelings, and allowing you to be with what we experience. This is the sitting with the feelings part and the then aligned action, which is living the new stories, creating new habits with gentle discipline, self-responsibility, and leading to healing in which we no longer blame, project, or displace our responsibility. 
And until we do this inner work, relationships will then mirror the work you haven't done within. And when she wrote that in her book, it hit me hard. And one way she explained we do this is with confirmation bias and why people continue those relationships with toxic people because we are finding confirmation of what we believe the truth is. And it's validating those beliefs. And in turn, it's making it challenging to see through a different lens because we haven't created those boundaries to heal from afar. She also gave this really intense example about family history impacting us biologically. The example that this author gave in the book Already Enough was Holocaust survivors' children in this specific study showed that they have lower cortisol levels and are able to respond to stress better. I took this as a very real way to understand that generational characteristics, mindsets, reactions, and history can be passed down in ways that are unexplainable. So when we condone the behavior and we don't confront it then in ourselves, it can arise more issues in our surrounding relationships and be passed down. And I'm not saying the healing process is easy. None of this is easy. It's extremely hard to confront the why we do something, the deeper meaning, becoming responsible for your actions, and then rewriting a story that is one that's not bettering yourself, but it's actually becoming who you were again. It's hard because we prioritize comfort over challenge, just as humans. Think of any healthy habit. It's it's so hard to implement new habits when it's not comfortable, and we then resort to what is comfortable. But when you're aware, you can shift habits with practice, and it's not you that needs fixing. Remember this. It's the story you told yourself of why you are that way. And also giving yourself that permission of, well, that's just how it is because that's who I am because of so-and-so. And instead, this is the practice that the story needs to be fixed. I'm also going to touch really briefly on grief because grief is another huge part of healing. And I feel like in that Christian world seems very little emphasis on that part. And we don't allow people to always grief because we think that positivity looks like everything happens for a reason. And we give them advice on how to fix it and you shouldn't be feeling that way. But grief is a big part of healing. It's the part that allows us to understand the why and also sit here in it and allow and give your permission to feel angry or hurt. And sometimes if you're letting go of someone in the same way, grieving how the relationship was or grieving how you wanted it to be. A quote I came across was, the curious paradox is when I accept myself as I am, then I can change. Uh, That quote came from Carl Rogers. So if something is so difficult and so overwhelming and painful and uncomfortable, why would we choose to heal? And the point of healing, as this author stated, was to accept who we are and live into our fullness. It's not hiding or making ourselves smaller any longer or living behind stories that leave us stagnant in life and stuck. It's our fullness. And she also said these words, you discover your purpose when you're fully yourself which is to be fully yourself. It enriches your own life, but also enriches the world around you. And I actually sat with this thought for a while and I thought, do I believe that? Do I believe my purpose is to be fully myself? And I couldn't think of an example that said no, because I I truly believe that God has specific things for me to do 
And in order to do them, I have to be me and allow him to work through that. Healing for me has been years of work. And I mean that in the best way. I've become more of who I always had been. Telling my stories and rewriting the ones that at one point caused so much pain and hurt are now tools of experience left as a scar and no longer a wound. That wound was opened and hurt for so long until I confronted it. And these things don't happen overnight. And there were some lonely and painful hurts that I had to confront in myself. But it leaves me more aligned to have found my purpose again as God has called me to do and to be me. Fully me. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this extremely personal and can be difficult topic when we have to confront things in our lives and confront other people and just really acknowledge all of that hurt. And I know it's hard, but it has helped me so tremendously in my business as I become fully me to now become fully who I'm supposed to be in being me. So I hope that you feel hopeful out of this and that it was helpful and encouraging for you to create and set those boundaries in towards healing. Hold on one second, I wanna stop you right there. If you own a business or have a personal brand and do not use a client management software that you absolutely love, I want to tell you about HoneyBook. Now, I actually got started through HoneyBook and this software because of another podcaster and the referral program that they use. So I got a percent off for my first year and fell in love with it, and now I wanna tell you about it. HoneyBook does so much for my business. First of all, I don't know how to explain it, but more clients are tipping me, more clients are paying all their invoices on time, and it is a beautiful way to show, showcase all of your contracts, payments, proposals, and so much more in a creative and beautiful way. You can manage your projects, books, clients, send those invoices, and get paid all on HoneyBook. And they're always coming out with new features, which I absolutely adore. And right now with my referral link, I can get you 50% off the first year, which is incredible. And that is through share.honeybook.com slash Shauna Star. Shauna Star is S-H-A-N-N-A-S-T-A-R. I'm also going to be putting it in the notes because I absolutely believe in them and want to share it with you. So you can get 50% off with that code and it would mean so much. I would love to hear if you use HoneyBook already, love it, what you think. So head to the link or go straight to share.honeybook.com slash Shauna Star. Thank you so much.